Blog Talk Radio. In my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle Listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys that fall Hey everybody, welcome to the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson I'm your host, Dave Johnson Glad to have you with me tonight Um uh, like I talked to Miss BJ there a few minutes ago, it's uh, getting awful close to the close of the women's football season, and you know it just like we said, it just seems like it just went by way too fast. Uh, it's hard to believe that you know not long ago we were uh, just starting to get ready for the season, and now here it's uh, you know down to a close. I mean, there's just a, handful of games left. The uh, WNFC, I believe their championships in Colorado is coming weekend. Uh, that'll finish their season up. Uh, the USWFL has their championships on July the 13th, the All-Star game on the 14th. That is in uh, Bluff City, Tennessee at Sullivan East High School. Uh, they, uh, they will be live streamed games will, uh, so I'm sure the link will be out there that you can find to get get on there to watch. I'm sure the, the WNFC will be live streamed as well. Also, the WFA, they have their championships same weekend as the uh, USWFL. Not sure what kind of uh, format they got or who plays when or what, but I know in the USWFL, the Iron Woman Championships at 11 a.m. Eastern time, and the uh, uh, other division starts at 6 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, looking forward to a great, fun weekend there. Uh, you know, it's it, that's what it's about. It's always about uh, uh, it's all it's all about these girls and and what you know getting play this sport that we all love and so many of us have played played for so long so I've uh, just got told that our links are already posted on the website uswfl.net and our uh, uh, Facebook page so go to that and you'll find uh, the links for the uh, for the games to be live streamed uh, should be a couple good games for sure the all-star game on Sunday, the last two years, has been uh, decided by one score. So uh, that should be a good game as well. But uh, getting back, you know what I was talking, and it's I'm just, I'm just saving for you know for these girls that season is not as long, and I talked a little bit about last week, not as long as uh, not as many games. I mean, it goes 
for a long time, it seems. But, you know, once they practice, start playing, and, um, you know, it's a different kind of deal where these ladies have to work, have jobs, and kids, and both. And, uh, you know, it's just a, it's a tough scenario to play more games, but it's, it's sad that, you know, each season is pretty much only a, a three-month three month season, you know, instead of six or seven. Like I say, we, uh, we love the sport so much. We hate to see it come to an end, but it's definitely uh, closing closing in on it. And, uh, you know, before long, everybody will be starting to get ready for the, the 2020 season. So, still work to be done. Those still uh, have games left to play this year. There's still a lot of work to be done there. A lot of pride still left out there on the line. A lot of trophies uh, to be hoisted up. League awards, team awards, all kinds. So, you know, uh, and it's like I was talking to a coach today, and, you know, awards are something that are, you know, that are earned that, uh, you know, and they're, they're, they're fine, but, you know, it's all it's all about the team, you know. It's all about the team being a being a great team and a, a great organization, and and how you how you treat your players and how you treat other teams and other players, and you know, and the one thing that I, that I see, you know, we're missing the boat here in women's football, and I and I go back to a saying I heard that, you know, a guy say. Uh, a long time ago was, you know, everybody seems to only care about their team. And, you know, this guy at that time wasn't even involved in women's football. He may be now, I'm not sure. But I heard him point blank say, you better care about the other teams or you won't have anybody to play before long. And those are so true that, that it's unreal that everybody seems to forget that there's more teams and more players and more people and more coaches and more organizations involved than just yours. Um, you know, that's the one thing that that is, that is holding us back. I mean, I don't know that they were going to get to the level people think it is. I have no idea. I think we're going to get there, and then, then I don't think we are. But I, but I do know that until we take – action upon ourselves within each owner, with each coach, of holding their players, uh, you know, foot to the fire, doing the right thing, helping other teams, making sure they do the right thing. You host the game, hey, man, whether you win or lose, treat, treat the team like you want to be treated. Uh, I think that's only fair. Uh, you know, that's one thing when I, when I played high school uh, football, that uh, you know when we when we played away games and and we weren't any good. I, I've said it, said it, said it. We weren't any good. But even on our away games, especially if they were a pretty good amount away, the other teams um, because it's late when you get done playing a high school game. At that time, we played at eight o'clock. You know the other teams had uh, sandwiches and chips and, and stuff like that for the for the visiting team. You know, um, it, it just seems like if we all could take the approach to the game that 
know, that's what it is, a game. And listen, if you don't want to win, there's something wrong with you. There's really something wrong with you. But, but the bottom line is, even the best get beat. Even the best get beat. Um, even the best teams lose. Things happen. That don't mean you have to show your hind end and, and want to fight and all that. There's, there's no place for that uh, in sports. Now, listen, I've been on that receiving end and, and bought into it and when I was young and get through out the game. And, and uh, you know, I paid dear consequences for it. Uh, but treat everybody like, like you'd want to be treated. And I get it. You got, you know, you, you want to win. But you know, just going out there just to to embarrass people and, um, you know, to just drive them in the ground naturally, there are just some teams that are never going to be as uh, good as others just because of the, the nature of their organization. I mean, it's the way, the way they do things. I don't think winning is that important to them. And, you know, most of the time, those teams, you can take half the players, start the game with 11, you can probably get down to six or seven and still beat their eleven. Um, so you know it, it falls on all of us. It's not one individual person. It's not one individual team. It, it falls on all of us to do our part to to try to be the best that we can be for the sport of women's football. Um, you know, and, and I listen. I, I'm I've been on all sides of. Trust me. In, in high school and in women's football, I've been on the side of, of beating people bad. I've been on the side of getting beat bad. I've been on the side of where the, the teams want to fight, you know, get police escorts. Uh, I, I've been a part of all that. And I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing gained by it. There's not one single thing gained by it. Um, you know, you just take a chance on getting more people hurt. Uh, but because of the situation. So, you know, I, I just... I'm just thinking, you know, it's like I was talking to this coach today, and, and you know, he, he was saying, you know, it's just it's our part as coaches, um, as owners of teams and coaches of teams and, and that to, to try our best to do the right thing. Now, there's just some cases that people just won't let you. You know I mean? They just got it in their mind that they're going to do this, they're going to do that. Everything you're trying to do is not to help them, it's to benefit you. And no matter what you say, you know, you're really not trying to help them. Um, but, that, but that's not the case. Not everybody feels that way. Not everybody feels like, uh, you know, it's just like you have a flat tire on the road. Everybody drives by, you get a little PO'd, you know, when you maybe not have all the tools you need to, to change. You know, then somebody shows up to help you. Naturally, you don't want to uh, make them mad. So, right, well, you just help with this, that, and other. I mean, you, you should be glad to have their help, you know, or at least listen to their advice. Hey, you know, if you take this too, blah, blah, blah. You know, not everybody um, has something bad in mind when, when they want to help you. No matter uh, if you're on different teams, if you're on different sides of the field, uh, we're, all, we're all in the same sport together. I promise you, if if the WFA loses all their teams or, or half of their teams or whatever, that puts a crunch on who everybody else is going to play. It, it's the same thing. Nobody wants to lose teams. You want to gain teams. You want to gain good teams. You want to have 
you know, when you schedule these games that, you know, these uh, people can play. Hey, you, you travel a long way. Make sure that the, the team that travels has a has a nice place to change clothes. Make sure, you know, they need ice and water. Make sure you take it to them. You know, I know fruit's a, a big thing in this women's sport. I know when I played it wasn't, but it is. You know, make sure make sure you can be as hostile as you as you possibly can. I mean, I'm not saying you got to, you know, roll out the red carpet and all that. I'm not saying that at all. But just be treat them the way you would want to be treated. And I promise you, if we all take that approach, we're going to gain in the long run. Uh, we're we're going to gain uh, in the long run. That's one thing I, I like about this All Star game is, you know, a lot of a lot of players. Well, a lot of players have played a long time and never played in these games. You know, to get to play on a team with, with the other players and, and all that and, you know, to see the side of, uh, you know, maybe teams you played during the year, the same competition that you can play with them. There's just so much good can can come out of it. I'm not saying you have to be the best friends. I'm not saying, listen, I'm, I'm all for rivals. I, I love rivals. I think rivalries in sports are, the, are some of the greatest things there is. But it, it, it can be taken too far. You know, there's, there's so much that can happen uh, that it can be taken too far. And when when it does, you know, things start uh, getting a little out of hand. And before you know it, then, then we're all uh, suffering, suffering from that. So I just think that, you know, there, there's so much to be gained by Everybody helping everybody. I know in the years past they've had these women's camps. All these players from all different teams, they go down there, they mingle, they talk. I mean, it's more more of a social event than it is anything else that I think. Uh, but they go down there and they, and they communicate and they, and they get along and they have a game and they play on each other's teams. But yet some of these teams just, I mean, they just – are just mad, and you know, football is a, a great fun sport. There's nothing to be mad about. You know, you get beat. Hey, go work harder. Realize why you got beat. Go work harder. Do things to get better. Don't be mad. Be, don't be mad at that person that maybe outworked you. You know, the old saying about Larry Bird is, you know, a Magic Johnson beat. First thing he realized, somebody shooting 300 shots a day versus his 200. Um, you know, that that's the kind of thing, um, you know, I think we're missing. I, I hear it from a lot of people that hire up that, you know, hey, you've got to bond together. But yet we still, as much as I've preached it, and I heard this guy say it, and I've heard a lot of coaches say it, heard a lot of owners say it, but yet it still seems like we're, we're so far away um, from doing that. You know, each each team is responsible for for their team first and foremost. You know, you you can control your your team, your players, your organization, and if you can help other teams and and organizations, hey, reach out to them. That that's what it's about. You know, it's like every time you have a, a joint practice, you know, uh, during the off season, it, it's not personal. Who who you know what, you go to work. Maybe maybe you know when you go that you can run the ball 50 times and dominate that game, but your passing game needs to be worked on 
So that's what you go work on. Sure, you want to make sure you can run the ball effector screen, but you want to work on your weaknesses. Hey, if it don't work, they score you don't, look, it's not, if nobody's keeping score, Billy, you know what I'm saying? It, it just gives you something to work toward, a mark, uh, to work, uh, you know, to, to look at, you know, to, to know where I need to be. You set that standard high. You know, it's the first of the year you go in there and you set your goals. And I hope you set, you know, reachable goals. But, you know, and then if you reach that one, set something higher. Um, and I, I think we'll all be a lot better for it uh, and from it if if we do those things. So, you know, I, I hope that, you know, this off season. that's, uh, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to get ahead because there's a lot of games to be played. Just saying, I hope in this off season that, that people can step back and evaluate their organization and their team and give them themselves a grade of how they handled the situation. And if they handled it poorly, own up to it, say I handled it poorly, that's something I want to get better at. You know, I I think that, uh, you know, being honest and being hard on yourself is, is something that can really, really help you. And uh, if if we do that, we're, we're going to gain ground, uh, no, no doubt about it. You know, another, another thing is, uh, there's so there's a there's a few teams that I have. I'm not going to name who they are. I don't even really know who they are. I, I know of them, but that you know, I have a lot of admiration for because they wanted to to start a team this year. They realized they didn't have the players. They uh, they kept working in the off, uh, during the season. I don't know. Maybe it was once a month or whatever. They kept getting together. That hey. You know, we feel like we got one chance at this. We get in it too early. We might fizzle out. Hey, I, I admire them because, listen, it is hard. We did the same thing. Our girls wanted to play. It was so hard to set them out a year to for a whole year to try to get ready for the next year when they want to play. But we did it. I'm telling you, we did it. And, and, it, and it paid off, I think, because had we jumped in too early, we might have never made it. And, you know, I admire these teams for taking that approach and hopefully, you know, they've gained ground and, and they'll be a solid organization for next year. But realizing where you are as a team uh, is real important. And, you know, it's easy to say, oh, I'm going to have a team, you know, and they call you, how many players you got? Oh, well, I've got this amount, this amount, you know. Just just writing down names is no good. I got a notebook full at home, a notebook or two full of names at home. Uh, if I'd have did that, I'd have had the biggest roster ever in the history of women's football, and we had like 15. So you you got to be realistic, you know. Uh, take the hard road because I've seen several several organizations across women's football this year fold. Because I don't, what I call not doing their homework, um, not reaching out to, you know, if, if you're going to have a team, you got to have players to practice. You know, one guy told me, well, I've got 22 on the roster, but I'm only get seven or eight to practice. Well, my friend, and I told him, I said, you got seven or eight players. And he didn't like that. Well, guess what? They ended up both 
that's that's just the truth, folks. And I, I mean, I I can't help that. That's that's nothing to do with me. That's just the way it is. If you're going to play, you got to have dedicated, tough players. If you're playing in these small market leagues, and when I say tough, I mean you can play the whole game both ways. Make the practices, get ready to play. Uh, it's going to be a tough season. Make sure you play all your games. Try to build from there. So I, I hope that you know that as as team owners that we can take this approach. Uh, listen, I want I want to have a big, bigger team every year. You know. We just live in an area where getting players is really slow. You know, we might retain one or two more than we did last year. So I, I want to have a bigger team. But, you know, I can only do with what I have, you know, get there. Uh, because we don't have a lot because, you know, they might say, well, if you let me just practice once a month, I'll probably make a game. Well, that, that's not going to work because I need to be able to count on it. You know, how can we count on you if you're never at practice? But other people don't want to hear that. They don't want to do that because, you know, what it does to them, it makes them realize I really don't have any players at all. Well, you figure it out when you get a schedule, and then all of a sudden you can't get people to go play on your road games or in some cases even your home games. You can't even get people to show up because you put all your – uh, eggs in one basket that, that had no business going in there. So I'm hoping that we all learn from it this year. I know there's a lot of teams that are already out of playoff scenarios, championships, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, now's a good time to, to do that evaluation. You know, see how you did as a owner. See as a player even. You know, if there's players out there, hey, see, see what kind of player you were. Was I the best player I could be? Did I make every single practice that I possibly could, or did I fudge here and there, you know, am I the reason that maybe, um, you know, we could have kind of worked a little harder, maybe we'd have got that two-point conversion to to win the game, who knows, but it's a joint effort, and it starts with each individual, each owner, each coach, each team, on down the line, so um, that's my opinion of it. Um, and uh, I hope I hope we can all get better from it. Uh, last week I started talking about the uh, quarterback comparison between the Green Bay Packers of, of uh, Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. If somebody wants to call in tonight, we'll still talk about it. I'd like to get some people really uh, that, uh, that likes them too that would like to compare. Also, uh, I want to talk about uh, building a dynasty. You know, what's people's opinion of a dynasty, you know, we in the in the 80s, you had the San Francisco 49ers. You know, they won, I think, four Super Bowls. Uh, you know, people were calling them a dynasty. You know, the Cowboys won, what, uh, three maybe in a row? I can't remember that. Uh, you know, the Patriots, they won a, a bunch in a row here. Uh, so, you know, hit us up on the, you know, the call us 657 or the chat, uh, send questions in there, Mr. BJ, answer them and give them to me. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, uh, see see what you're thinking. I know we've got uh, uh, Henderson on the line now, so we'll, we'll see what Henderson has to say. How you doing tonight, Coach? 
I'm doing good. What about you? I'm doing good, sir. I can't complain. What, uh, what, what do you got on the agenda for us? But tonight, I just want to talk about, uh, like, you, what you were sitting on, uh, and which is crazy because I was just thinking about that, too, just being uh, – just these past couple of days, just, like, going over film, making sure that everything that I can do possible to help my team, I'm uh, I'm going to do that. Uh, the next couple of weeks, we've got an a important game, a very important game, a goal that we have looked at all year, so uh, – I feel like anything I do, like you said, it, it could be a that two point conversion. Anything I do, it has to be it has to be meaningful. Anytime once that ball says go on either side, what the next move I do has to it has to mean something. Uh, that's just something I've been thinking about the past couple of days and getting uh, leading up to this day and practices coming up before this game. Just getting my mind uh, set for it right now. Uh, I know it's going to be an exciting moment, but just as, as in it was an exciting moment at the Tennessee Titans, Titans Stadium. So I'm just trying to absorb all that now so I don't try to have not any jitters and just know what I'm coming to do on that day. Well, what, what a lot of people don't realize, or, or maybe they realize but take for granted, is each each person – is responsible for for so much. We're, since we're talking about football, you're as a player, even on our state, our team, each person is responsible for so much. Now, when when we practice, each person knows where they're going to play. They know how much, pretty much, what they're going to play. They are responsible for being ready. For every situation, um, you know, to watch this film, to to take in the practice every single thing you can, because listen, you never know when the moment arrives. You know, I I, I look back in in the game the other day, and I'm I'm gonna use this for an example. I say it. I don't know how many times I said it, said it, said it. Play till you hear that whistle, though. Okay. We have a player almost get their player down. She don't go down. Everybody but you stop. Then once you go, then a few more of your players start running too. But it was just like the whistle blew. Everybody stopped because we take it for granted, you know, instead of playing to the whistle. And, you know, it was almost a disastrous situation. Because everybody just stops in their tracks. It's like all the, you know, she's down. You know, to me, that kind of stuff as a a coach drives you crazy. Because I'm going to tell you something. You know, Jennifer knows, every player we've got knows, how many times have I hollered, play to the whistle, no matter what. And, you know, the refs are the, the refs are all about safety, and when they see this, the forward progress is stopped, they're going to blow the whistle. When they see somebody is down or went down, they're going to blow the whistle. Why everybody stopped was beyond me. Um, and luckily, you didn't stop, and, and you made the tackle, 
and uh, that could have been a disastrous situation, all because we took something for granted. When when you hear it, how many times have you heard me say it, practice? Oh, I hear you say it all the time. I mean, even we, me and you just was talking the other day, and that was the first thing you said. We gonna we need to go until hold our blocks until the end of the whistle. And I mean, it, it's just something that we just need to get in nature because, like you said, uh, even looking at film, even uh, with that, with us, and luckily, like you said, I was able to be there and make that play, but. Uh, the Lady Gators got scored on on that the first time. Well, the second time. Well, the first time in that season, that was a play that they got scored on. They looked confused as if they didn't know. But, no, the referee, that was the one thing we noticed. The referee never even uh, blew the whistle. So, it, it it can be, like, in our situation, it could, be, it could have been worse. And in the other situation, they scored off of it. So, I mean, things, little things like that, we definitely need to uh, – Keep in our hands, like you said, going back to the basics, going back to the fundamentals, as we always been talking about every week, making sure that's something that we we need to drill in our hands and make sure that we know because this next couple of weeks we definitely have a, good, a big game and it can be costly. Well, I, I mean, from where I was, I could tell that the, that the girl was down. Um, I'm not sure what happened. Um, that uh, she got her head, hand, and smiley's inside smiley's face mask or what, but she couldn't get her or didn't get her down. And I mean, uh, from the uh, uh, get from you know from the beginning that she uh, she wasn't down. And uh, you know, yeah, when I she was close home, to the she, she was, was close, close to, to the sideline. Yeah, and yeah. she was. She was close to being down. She was close to the sideline, but they were never nowhere near blowing that whistle. And and when I watch film, just almost every, until you take off and get a hold of her, and then two of our players come running, it was just like everybody stopped. You know, that's the kind of stuff that I'm that I'm talking about. When when you grade yourself, when you when you look at it, you you look at every single play. What what could I have did different? You know. What could I did to to make the outcome better than what it was? And you know, I, listen, it's it's tough, man. It, it's tough, I know, because so many so many of, of of these girls, not just our girls, so many of these girls playing, uh, there is um, the knowledge is not there. You know, that's why we try to, you know, instill. All that stuff is is play to those play to those whistles. I mean, they're not going to listen. They're not going to blow the whistle and then let you continue to slam somebody down. But they they these refs know that that the players are not as uh, probably up to um, the knowledge that that maybe high school players are and stuff. And they sort of give you a little leeway. You know what I'm saying? So. They're going to let you play to that whistle, and then they're going to try to step in. Um, and I don't want to pick on anybody. That this particular thing, you know, was in my mind is is something that you know when you when you watch film, as, as I was talking about, 
you know, as a as an owner, as a coach, you know, evaluate. And, you know, that's one thing. I could have said, well, you know what, maybe I haven't did a good job uh, relaying that message, you know. Uh, but it definitely could be a game changer, you know. And uh, like I said, I don't know, you know, you, you were close to her, close to her, and I guess you didn't hear the whistle. And uh, thank God, you, you know, you kept going. And, um, and then other people started as well. But... Um, you know, that that's just stuff we cannot take for granted. Um, you know, it, it's uh, like the play that West Virginia scored on on the Gators. You know, it, what it was, it was a backward pass. And, and I mean, even the person filming, you could hear say it, it was a backward pass. And, and uh, the Gator girl actually even picked it up and threw it to the ref, and he jumped out of the way, which indicated he hadn't blew the whistle. Then the quarterback at that time for the uh, – West Virginia picked it up running in because the whistle hadn't blown. You know, that, that's that's what I'm saying. It, it's little things, it's the little details that you have to really grade yourself on to, to you know, write down. You should have a notebook of stuff wrote down. Hey, here's what I did good. Here's what I didn't do good. Here's what I really got to work on. Uh, here's things that I, that I know for a fact that I, I can do. Here's things I'd like to, uh, you know, see see me do better, just on and on and on. Um, you know, it's, it's, listen, there's no doubt. Even in the NFL, you have linemen that block, uh, pass block better, some pass block better than they run block, and some that run block better than they pass block. Uh, so when you find those that can do both, hey, then, then you've got it figured out. But don't think for one minute that when they're in their meetings, their coaches ain't telling them, hey, here's where you've got to get better. And they go out and they work on that stuff relentless. I know when we went to uh, that uh, to the Texan spring, uh, I don't know if it's spring workout, preseason, whatever they call it, up there, man, that, that was amazing to see those guys working on uh, stuff in continuity uh, together. I mean, it's all like one. You know, it's just like a a slinky going down the steps, that thing rolls forever, but it flips over as one. And, you know, that that's the kind of stuff that that teams, players, owners, coaches, you know, everybody needs, needs to evaluate themselves on. So I got a good question for you, Coach, because a lot of people just like me, I mean, I have watched film before in my career uh, just playing sports. But this would be personally my first year ever looking at football and looking at a film. So a rookie like myself or other rookies that come into the and come into playing football or just don't even uh, really know how to look at film, what kind of advice would you uh, give them to say what if you would send them home with? If you were sending them home with a tape that they just played. In a game that they're just playing, you say, "Hey, I want you to look, go look at this film." What, what what kind of advice would you want them to look at so they can know where they can look at to be better as when they look at that film? Well, I think I think when when most people watch film, and and I'm gonna say players, okay, I know when I when I was younger and in school, what what we did was we'd watch the film. 
the game all the way through. Now you got to understand they were on when I was first in school. They were still on the reel, and then then they got to where they was on VHS. So it wasn't as easy to stop it, start it like it is today. But we would go as a team and we would watch that film all together. And as the film went on, they might stop it a little bit and, and talk and maybe even chew you out or whatever the case may be. And then once we watched it all together, then we'd break up in groups and we'd watch our certain positions. Now, here, here's here's what I would here's what I would say back to you. First, first and foremost, I want to watch it all the way through. And then I want to watch my defender, okay? If I'm on offense, I want to watch what my defender in front of me did, okay? Then I want to, I'm going to watch that the whole game. Then I'm going to rewind it. Then I'm going to watch what I did against that person, okay? Then I'm going to run it back. Then I'm going to watch what I can do better. And then I want to watch what my the person beside of me, if you're, if you're playing tackle, I want to see what the guard did or didn't do. I want to see what the tight end did or didn't do. I mean, watching film is is a long process. Just going in there and watching it run through, you don't learn anything from that. Uh, watching hours and hours of film, if you're not watching it right, it, it doesn't matter. You have to have a purpose when you go in there to watch this film. And, again, that's why I say you get your notebook out. As it goes through, you're watching this whole thing go through. Try to really glue on, hey, you, you know this. You, we got three running backs and not giving anything away. You know that each one of them has different tendencies, okay? Always try to know your alignment. Now, we rotate them in and out. So, always try to know who who's in the backfield. Every single running back we have has different styles of running. Okay, so know their tendencies. Know what, hey, well, this one likes to do this, so I know I have to be better here. Okay, this one's in the game. They like to do this. I know I have to be better there. Uh, that's where your notebook comes in. You know, write down, hey, blah, 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 likes to run up the middle. You know, blah, 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 likes to bounce it outside. This one hits the holes just perfect, so I know what I have to do. That's the kind of stuff when you watch film is when you get better. That is really getting down there. I mean, these pro guys watch hours and hours and hours of film. Of course, they get filmed at practice. And then they get filmed in, you know, workouts. And, and, you know, they get filmed every which way under the sun. But, you know, that that's their job, of course. But what I'm saying is, Watch as much of it as you can of you. You already know what happened in the game. You already know the outcome of the game. You know what certain plays happened. But the plays I struggled on. The play, what can I do to get better at my position? You know, if if I dominate, then the person beside of me dominates, then the person to my left dominates, then then we're good. The 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 main thing is here, here's where I, I think women's football suffers. Probably some teams probably don't even watch that. You know, some of them don't even care if they film the game, okay? Some of them don't have a clue. But if you need every single person 
doing the same thing as you are to get on that same page. You know, you hear me say it all the time, who's what's for him and who ain't, when they, when the ones raise their hands and did and the others don't, what's the first thing I say, shame on you. You know, because you need to be watching that film. I promise you, we did not place it enough that not one single person shouldn't have this film, uh, uh, you know, uh, in the back of their mind. You know what I'm saying? They should know every single thing there is to know about it. So that's what I would do, you know, and I watched it a ton of time myself, and I watched every, you know, certain positions one time just all the way through. So I do that myself. So if, if, you know, as a player, you do that, you're going to be that much better. I agree with that because when when I was watching film, and like you said, the first time when I just watched it through, I did. I just looked at the game, seeing where I could, like, where I was was not my best at and performing. Then the second time, like I said, like you said, when I looked at it, I looked at the defender to see how they were set up and what was going on in their end. And then I looked at me. Personally, just what did I do play in and play out? That's why I said my mindset now and how I've been thinking is every time, every time, every move I make has to mean something. Every move. The very first move that comes off that ball has to mean something. Every move, it, and I've been telling myself that this whole week because that's I feel like if I execute that right there, it's going to carry on to a, a better result. And I just so that's why I asked that question to make sure me personally I was doing it right, and just to help anybody else that's even just listen, just make sure like when they're looking at tape. They know what they're doing because if you don't want to get better, I don't know why do you, why you play the sport. Like you said, when you're thinking about building a legacy, a dynasty, I feel like everybody on that whole team needs to have the same goal and the same drive, and each of them needs to be on and off the field or on and off the court or wherever you're playing with a, a team effort sport. It takes individual growth to make that team grow. And like you said, a lot of what we're going to do at off season and after season, that does all that affect. I mean, I've been even telling myself, like, I want to, I said, I dare tell you, man, if I could drop 15 to 20 pounds this off season, like I'm be the fastest person on the field. Like I'm claiming that now to get my mindset for that. Not, not excusing the test that we have at hand, but I just know realistically right now to get me there, I'm not going to be able to do that. But thinking for next year what I can do to even be better because I, I know my full potential, I'm claiming that now. And, I mean, that to me, that that's what makes a dynasty team when you have everybody on the team making individual goals and, and meeting them goals and then bringing it to the table for and bringing them individual goals to the table for a bigger cause. You know, when I – when you think about, um, you know, dynasties and you think about uh, these, uh, 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 you think about these organizations and, you know, like the Lakers built the dynasty back in the day and, and the Detroit Pistons and the Boston Celtics and, 
uh, you know, the New York Yankees and uh, all them. But when uh, when we talk about football, here, here here's to me, it, it starts with the ownership. And that ownership has to have the coaches that have the control to do what they need to do to, to build their team. And when when you think about Think about it. I can't even, I'll be honest, I remember the 49ers being great because I couldn't stand them. I can't even tell you who their owner was at that time. But I can tell you who their head coach was, and that was Bill Walsh. You know, then it was then when he stepped down to George Seaton, and, and they never missed a beat. You know, the Cowboys, it was Jimmy Johnson for two years. When Jerry Jones stayed out of it, he got Jerry Jimmy Johnson in there and they were 3-13, uh, and 13, they're 13-3 and three the next year. When Jerry traded all their uh, picks away, everybody said he's crazy. Then they went to Super Bowls. They get rid of Jerry steps, or Jimmy steps down because him and Jerry had words. They get Barry Switzer in there, and they never miss a beat. So, you know, when you look at the Patriots, of course, we know who owns them, Bob Kraft, but we know Bill Belichick is in charge of who – who goes and who stays and this, that, and other. And you look at what they've been able to do for for so long, and, and the common thing they all have, the one thing they all have in common, first and foremost, they had great coaches, they had quarterbacks, but the coaches was, was the, they ran the team. They didn't have owners over top of them, you know, looking and saying, well, uh, you need to do this, you need to do that. You know, that that goes on so much anymore. I mean, and I get it. These teams got so much money invested that they they want to have a hand in it. But if you're going to hire these coaches, let them get the players. They need to run their systems, organizations, whatever the case may be. And, you know, back then they had the 49ers. They had Joe Montana. They had Steve Young. You know, and the Cowboys, they had Troy Aikman. Actually, we know the Patriots got uh, Tom Brady. Um, you know, all this stuff starts at the top, and those owners realizing, hey, I've got to let this guy do his job. They build these these great teams and dynasties, and, uh, you know, and then when, when they win so much, <laughs> usually – the owner steps in and, and starts trying to do too much and starts boasting, and then the coach leaves, and, and look what the Cowboys have did since. They can't get off the mat. Look what the 49ers have did since. They can't get off the mat, you know. That's that's what's so incredible about the Patriots is they, you know, they may miss a beat of not winning it this year, but they're right there, you know. They've always been in the mix, and, that's that's what dynasties do. Now, you know, in, in women's football, you know, you don't have all that. You don't have the luxury of going out here and, and picking your players, you know. You have to take what you – excuse me, what you get and make players out of them. That's why, for me, it, it's so much harder to build a dynasty in, in women's football than it, than it is in, in professional sports because you have to take those players you get and make the kind of players out of them you want. 
versus just being able to go out there and say, hey, I'm going to get you off free agency. I'm going to be the highest bidder. Here's what I'm going to pay you. They're going to come over there. So to me, that that's what it takes to, uh, you know, to, to build a dynasty. And to build one in women's football is, is really tough. It is. And like you said, it, it starts from, the, like you said at the beginning, it starts from the top. Uh, just having the proper leadership and the proper uh, guidance throughout it and just building that team from that. I feel like if you have a strong leader and a strong foundation <laughs> of where, where people come there, you, you set the expectation, you set the bar, and you basically set the path as, hey, this is where we want to go and this is where we need to be, and that's why a lot of these teams have been successful. And not just one time, but continuous. It wasn't because they had certain peak players. or It was whoever they got, they made them to their full potential or made them where they needed to be and crafted them in, the, in their skills, determined of who they were, and they made that team based off of what they got. A lot, I think a lot of people uh, – have a lot of hiccups because they build teams for just the players that they have. And then when something happens, you don't have a replacement or you don't have like, or you are just missing that link instead of just taking what you have and building on what they are capable of doing and then making them a hundred percent and what they're actually capable of doing and building from that. And I think, like you said, that's what builds a dynasty team and it takes a, a leader, a coach, or somebody to recognize the people's full potential of where they need to go and what's best fit for them for who they are and taking what you have and working with it. Well, we used to, when when we did tryouts for, for new players, uh, you know, we, we would give them a questionnaire to fill out. Uh, just, you know, get an idea of people. I mean, listen, I like, I like to get um, – I like to be, uh, I don't know what the proper word is, I like to get to know these, these players. Um, I like to get to know, you know, what they do, what can they change in their lives to be better, what can they work on at home, what kind of, you know, what, what they got going on at home, do they work, all this. Do, I like to get to know them probably a lot more than other, other people do because I think that gives me an advantage of being able to, to put them in places and being able to rely on them at a certain time. But we used to give this questionnaire, and every one of the one of the, well, a couple of the questions were, you know, what what position would you like to play, you know, and what, uh, you know, what where do you see yourself, you know, playing in, in two or three years or blah blah blah, just to get an idea. And and no matter what. Just about every single person answered that as a quarterback, running back, or receiver. And it didn't matter if they were my size, if they were Caitlin's size, whose size they were. That's what every one of them took. Okay. Now, when my thing is, is, is I want to be realistic with, and honest with all these players. You know, it's just like I talked with Jaron uh, at the game the other day about the game. You know, I, I want to be honest and real with these players. And some, sometimes that, that hurts. You know, sometimes they, you know, they think, well, man, I can I, I can be a quarterback. No, no, you can't. You know what I mean? It takes more than just saying, 
uh, I want to be a quarterback. You know, it takes more than just being able to throw it 40 yards. Uh, there's more to it than that. You know, well, I can catch. Well, hey, I can catch the ball, too. That don't mean I can run down the field, uh, uh, you know, on a five-flat 40 and catch the ball with somebody running at me. There, there's a difference there. And, and people got to realize that. And as coaches, you got to realize that. You got to be able to transform that over and then find something they do good and say, hey, you know what? Here's where we need you, and you know what? If if you're going to play, here's where you're going to have to play, and, yeah, you may not know anything, but we're going to work on it. You know, we're going to get you better. And, yeah, there may be somebody already in that position better than you, but if you don't work, you can't get better. And and the one thing we do here versus a lot of other teams, now, grant you, we don't have 50 players, but – we, we try to get every single person ready to play that we can in their position because you, you never know when you may have to play them. Uh, and, that, I, and I know a lot of teams don't do that because we get players from, from other teams and they say, wow, you know, I never got to do this. I never got to do that. They never, you know, paid any attention uh, to me at practice or, or this, that, and other and I'm thinking, wow, you know, what what do what do these teams do? And it goes right back to what you said. They're just relying on a certain amount of people to to do all the work. And then when that, when something happens, then you turn around and you don't have anybody. And you're like, oh man, I'm I'm screwed now because the person you maybe could have worked with more, you know, might be able to help you. Um, to me, that falls on the organization. And, and the coach, you know, and, and not to nobody's horn. I just think we pride ourselves on on that here and, and trying to get, uh, you know, everybody as ready to play as we possibly can. I think that's exactly what we do. I mean, even with people that just come along, even if we have, like, that we're just coming along in a season, even if we had a game the next week or two weeks later, you still gave them the opportunity to get on the field. I mean, I know it went from, like, us, our performance and stuff like that, and already, like, coming into the fourth quarter and having, a, like, a good lead to get to give them the opportunity to get on the field, but it's still just having that much confidence in some of these players. I remember Amanda even said it last week. I want to say just for her – getting them for them couple of plays when we played Detroit, <laughs> that was just an opportunity that she really wasn't expecting, but she got. I mean, I feel like within our organization and like and like you said, building dynasty organizations, that you need to take what you have and just build a, 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 a accordingly. I know when I first started, I was looking uh, – I th- I thought I forgot. I think I did. I might have said I wanted to play quarterback. I'm not sure right now, but I know I think the position I'm playing now, the position I'm playing right now, this is not the ones that I was expecting to play. Not saying that I'm disappointed or anything, but when you ask me, did I want to play football? I say, yeah. You say, how did you feel about the line? And I said, if that's where you want me to play, then that's where I'm gonna play at. I mean, I feel like if anybody that want to be dedicated to something, regardless, yeah, that might not be your fit, but maybe 
somebody sees something in you that you don't, and that's how I took it. I mean, you can't always look at yourself and know for what you want to do. I mean, that's why film coming in handy. Sometimes you have to take a step back and look at yourself from a distance or have somebody else look at you, and they might see something that you can uh, build on. Um, But like you said, that comes from coaching and knowing people and seeing what they can do and taking the time to just knowing them as a person and what they can give you. And a lot of people don't take that time or effort, and that that's where I guess you can have teams that have these seasons that's on and off and struggle to keep people versus having these consistent teams like your your prodigy and stuff that building that's building these teams and having uh, continuous years of success. Well, it's just like I told the coach today is is you know we have a. We have a team of selfless players, not selfish players. Um, you know, and the when when and that's the way it's got to be. If you're going to be a good team or on a good team, you you can't come in there and say, well, you know, here here's where I'm going to play, and you know, if I can't play there, um, then then I ain't gonna play. Well, you know that that don't work here. And, I mean, now, if you're, you know, somewhat close to that position, yeah, we might give you a shot at it. But, you know, just, you know, when people come in and want to play quarterback and they're, they're for sure linemen and, you know, they say, oh, I'm going to play quarterback or nothing at all. Well, you're probably going to play nothing at all. Um, because the ultimate goal for me as as any player, listen, the – the individual awards are always nice. Don't get me wrong. Everybody likes to be recognized. But how more to be recognized than to be on a good team that wins? You know, that that's when you get recognized because it, I guarantee you this. That's Pam Marino. He was MVP of the league before. Offensive player of the year on how many times? Ask him. All the games he won, he'd turn them all into one Super Bowl if he could. You know what I'm saying? All these players that have never won championships, they would trade all the individual awards for just one championship. It's all it has to be. And now there's so many players in the NFL now that it's all about them. You see all the, all the, I don't know what you call it, the stuff they bring with them and extra baggage and always trouble the media. And, it's crazy, man. They're not about winning. It, it's about them. And they bring up these organizations, and these organizations just keep getting them because they're talented, and they just keep dragging them down. You can't win with them. I mean, you can win some games, but you can't win the Super Bowl, man. That's the ultimate goal It's to win that Super Bowl. It's to hoist up that trophy. Be, be, a, be a lineman on the best team, man. Who cares if you're the best lineman? Just be a lineman on the best team because it don't always work out that the best players are on each individual player is on the best team. I mean, the last two years, the last two years, we've had a player on our team to lead the whole league in tackles. But this year, because our defense, and we have so many different players that are good, the, the stats are almost a quarter of what they were. But the end result, look at the result. We're better than we were. You see what I'm saying? 
that that's where you have to be selfless and, you know, not selfish. You have to think about your team, what's best for your team, what would I do for this team, you know. And when you get down to the nitty-gritty of these games, you you have to you have to control your emotions first and foremost. You have to prepare. You have to be ready to go. You have to be willing to do everything in your power legally um, for your team, you know. And, and that's why I say, and you girls know I've preached to to y'all here about taking care of business on and off the field, and that's what dynasties do, you know, naturally. The 49ers, like I said, they had Joe Montana. They had Steve Young. They also had Jerry Rice, the best receiver there is. Their other players, they had a great tight end named Dwight Clark. They had another receiver. Thinking his name might have been John Taylor and then a guy named Terrell Owens. They had a couple running backs. They had some great defensive players. The Cowboys, you know, they had Troy Aikman, Emma Smith, Michael Irvin, um, you know, they had a, had a great defense. You know, we know what the, the Pats have. They have good players all around, man. Good, solid players. Now, other than the quarterbacks and maybe one other player, the rest of the players are just great players. They're not winning individual awards. So that's what being on a great team is, is, is you know, I, I, I won a lot of awards. I would have traded them for wins, man, because – when you show out, usually your team is not as good as what it needs to be. And when you're alignment on the best team, that means more to me than to say I'm the best lineman. Absolutely. I think, uh, I think like you said, a lot of these people that have individual uh, awards do want, do want uh, a championship. I know, uh, just looking at the matter of fact, just last night I was looking at the NBA All Star Game, and a lot of the people that won, like the uh, the I forgot his name because it's hard to pronounce, but it's the post player for Milwaukee Bucks. He won the MVP of the league, and to me, I mean, I know that was a a good accomplishment, but like he said, next year that he wanted to do better than that because he wanted his team to win a championship because he felt like that's where they should have been. And that, to me, said a lot about him for being so young and winning that award over James Harden, who, I mean, who was putting up 40-something points a game. I mean, I mean, doing remarkable things. And then you have this young boy coming in here, and, he loved, and he's appreciative, but he's still thinking about bigger goals. And that was a championship for everybody, not just himself. Because he said all his brothers deserved it. He watched them put in the effort that they put in. And I think that's something like, like you said, when you speak it to that man, I think that's something that our whole team has resembled this whole year, that we, I got your back. And I feel like if that person don't got it, then I know if what I'm lacking, somebody behind me has it. And, I mean, I remember Jamie even saying that to me on the field one time. She said, uh, that girl got away with that tackle, and then I seen you, and I was like, "Thank God!" And I said, "Yeah, I always got your back." And I mean, and I felt, and I meant that, and I feel the same with her. I feel the same with Jen and, and Deuce. When I, I mean, I have confidence. I don't, I really don't, I really don't look behind myself unless I have to. But 
Most of the times I don't look behind. I'm looking forward because I already know who has my back. There's no need for me to look back there because I know they're there. And I think that just comes from us being together as one and just, I mean, believing each other and having the same goal and not being selfish individuals, knowing that we're doing this for everybody. And, I mean, we have some remarkable individual talents on our team, but like you said, I feel like each one of them would say, if they got a reward, I couldn't do it without my team. Well, years in years past, we've had uh, running backs that have had as many, probably almost as many total yards as our three running backs have had, but not not as many touchdowns. But you, you know, just just like you said, when you know you 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 take this for example. You know, I, I feel that Ezekiel Elliott's probably the best running back in the NFL. Look, when he got hurt or suspended, what happened to the Cowboys? They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't pass the ball. They couldn't do anything. You know, they didn't have somebody else. All these other teams usually have two or three running backs that that can play. You know, like the Patriots. They'll have two or three. A lot of them you ain't never even heard of, man. They'll get in there when one's hurt or one's deactive or whatever. This guy will ball out, and everybody saying, well, where'd this guy come from? You know, they they don't just depend. The, the quarterback's one position everybody depends on because the fall-off from a, a starter to backup's usually a lot. But running backs, they usually have two or three. You know, wide receivers, they usually have two or three. They, they'll have one that's better than everybody else, then they have two or three. So, when when you have two or three that you know that that you don't even work near as hard as, as as what they normally do and you can get the same production, you you're that much better off. Um, you know, that to me, like I said, that's what that's what it's about and, and complimenting each other, um, you know, being being happy and, and proud for each other, you know, who cares, who scores. You know, if you can throw it 100% of the time, win, great. If you run 100% of the time, win, great. If you have to make it 50, 50, 80, 20, whatever, it, it's all about winning, man. The the individual awards are great. The certificates, the, the medals, the small trophies, but the ultimate goal is to hoist up the trophy at the end of the year, and that takes just as many players as on your team. If that's 17, that's what it takes. If it's 50, that's what it takes. Each individual has to give something and, and be ready and know their role. Know what they can. Know their limitations. Know their role. Know their limitations. Be ready to do what they need to do at any point in time. It's, it's their job to be prepared. And, you know, that's one thing that, you know, I think that we've done this year is, for the most part, for the most part, I ain't gonna say 100, percent but for the most part, we we've been prepared more than we have in the past. Now having better players, working with them has helped, no no doubt about it. But you know that's the kind of stuff that you have to get these players uh, ready ready to go. Uh, Henderson, hold on a second. I'm gonna read a couple of uh, players of the week that uh, I just got that I didn't read last week. Uh, I forgot to, uh, June 1st, uh, the week uh, before June 1st, 
Offensive Player of the Week was Ashley Minor, Tri-Cities Thunder. Uh, defensive Player was Asia Short, Keystone Assault. Um, Ashley had five TDs and four two-point conversions. Asia had uh, seven tackles and two interceptions. Uh, those are, you know, both phenomenal, phenomenal games from from those two young ladies. And um, you know, and again, they, those are those are great, but they couldn't have did it without a, a line and receivers and uh, everybody else involved. And I guarantee you, they'll be the uh, the first to tell you. I don't know the other girl, but I know Ashley real well. So um, you know, those are. Uh, both great staff. Congratulations to both of them. Also, Bobby Harvey says that he's going with uh, Brett Favre. Uh, yeah, I, I sort of, I sort of figured Bobby might go with Favre. But, uh, we were talking uh, once before, and you know, he don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to take very many checkdowns and uh, stuff of that nature. They're, I don't know, man. Aaron Rodgers guy is so. So good at standing the play, so hard to sack his receivers. It's hard to cover those receivers in that league that long. And, uh, you know, when they're on that same page, man, that guy's just phenomenal. Now, Brett Favre, he would, he would throw it no matter what. If he, you know, he threw about as many interceptions as he did touchdowns. And, uh, you know, it was like, oh, well, I'm going to throw it no matter what. That's the one – that's why I don't um, – the intercept, the touchdown interception ratio is, is one reason I would go with uh, Aaron Rodgers over over Brett Favre. With some of them called him Brett Favre, but uh, uh, he was definitely tough, and he made some unbelievable throws, and then he made some bonehead throws, as I call it as well. But uh, uh, yeah, Bob, I, I get where you're coming from, man. It's a, you know with those two guys. How can you? How can you go wrong with either one of them? But uh, you know, don't, don't look at look at what the Packers were able to do. You know, Barb won one and lost one. I think Aaron uh, has won one. I don't think he lost one. I think he was uh, close to getting there. You know, the Packers are a legendary organization. You know, Vince Lombardi. I loved the way he did things. Uh, you know, those, those coaches. When you think about all the great coaches throughout the NFL that they all had good owners that let them do their job. And that is so important that I think that so many people want to get in the way of, you know, letting the coaches do do what they do. And, uh, you know, if, if that's trade, you know, one player to get a bunch of if you try, you know I'll never forget they traded Herschel Walker Jimmy Johnson did to get all those uh, picks you know and look look what that turned out to do had they not let him do that they they'd probably never win those Super Bowls you know but Jerry Jones at the time let him have the power to to do that and and it turned out to to work out good for him so getting getting me owners to, you know, to, to do what I think they need to do to, to build these dynasties is, is, is really uh, a good thing. So, uh, but players also 
path to do their part. And we was talking a little bit ago about, you know, players, you have to, uh, you know, you just take what you get. Well, there, there's some of these teams out there that, you know, are, are getting these super teams. Now, I don't I don't know how they do it, but they they are. You know, I mean, you just, you just look and, you know, you see where a lot of these players are, are from, and then, you know, then they move halfway across the country, and, and you're wondering, well, how in the world they get them or there? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I guess I'm sort of jealous over them. How they how they do it, you know, because um, some of these teams are just unreal. You go watch them play live and probably blow your mind. So, um, yeah, uh, there there is a few teams that still in in any sport, I guess that you know they can they can build super teams. But like us, Anderson, we we just take you know we take what we get each year and 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 we try to make uh, players out of it. I feel like uh, you do an excellent job at that because you take kids, uh, you take girls, I should say, women, uh, with no experience. Like you said, some of them walked on the field not knowing the difference from offense to defense. So getting them from that low, uh, I mean, which is nothing uh, bad, but at that low of experience and then building them to the point that they're game ready says a lot. Uh, I do want to pick with you though. Did you say? Did you say Ezekiel was the best uh, running back in the NFL? Did I hear that? Yeah. Who do you think's better? Uh, I, I I really like uh, Barkley from New York Giants. He is a. Uh, I like him, and I also uh, McCoy. He came. I want to say he played for the Buffalo Bills still. He used to play for the Eagles, but I do. Like both of them running backs. I mean, don't get me wrong, Ezekiel is a good one, but I think uh, he has some competition. Well, I think McCoy uh, probably before Ezekiel came, he probably was the the best. And this guy for the Giants, he he may just you know turn out to be the best. But when you look the last well three or four years, whatever Zeke's been in the league, he's led the league in rushing and. And touchdowns, you know, it pretty much states itself. And listen, I'm not a fan of his at all, but I'm just giving credit where credit's due. Now, listen, I think the guy from the the Giants is going to be phenomenal. And like I said, McCoy, uh, back, you know, back probably when he played for your Eagles, probably was the was the best back in the league. But you know, he he sort of fell off and. Elliott's sort of his prime, and this guy in the Giants is probably going to overtake him in the next year or so is why I made that statement. I can see that. I mean, he is, and like you said, I do remember this, uh, when he got himself in some uh, dumb trouble, and uh, he was missing them games, and it did play a big factor in them. And what, and what also – that stood out too when you said that is because they were at that point of the season they were definitely a championship prospect and then because of his issues and it happened so far at towards the end of the season it messed up their momentum and like you said that came from not having somebody to replace them because how strong he was because they just based it off of what he 
was bringing to the table, not expecting anything to happen. And I, they just couldn't recover from that in them games that he missed. And I think that's what messed them up towards the end of the season. But, uh, I mean, like you said, he is a good running back, and I do give him credit. I do. I mean, he is. And, I mean, I have to hear about it because that is my mom's favorite team since I've been a youngin'. So, I definitely hear about the Cowboys and all the success that they have brought throughout the years. But, uh I do. I feel like Barkley from the Giants is going to give him a run for his money. I mean, he to me, he's like the new Emmitt Smith. Yeah, I, that guy's that guy's really really good, man. No, no, no doubt about it. I I think he's going to be uh, great. I, I really do. I don't see, uh, you know, if he can stay healthy and you know, just think if they can get a, a passing game going, they got that. Uh, you know, people are talking about why they didn't get Dwayne Haskins, and you know, and that. But now, see, here, here's the thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna touch on that a little bit. Now, I'm, I'm not a Haskins fan either, and I don't even know this guy really from Duke. But here, here's the thing. Here's what people don't understand. That all right? For instance, Henderson, we, we'll say, we'll say this. Let's say in women's football. Your desperately need your main need is a kicker, okay? You already have a great quarterback. You already have a great running back. So the first player that comes along is is a a, a quarterback or, or running back, and you have that pick. And now, it's not that anybody's going to trade a running back quarterback for a kicker. I'm just making a point here. I already have that established. I need a kicker, okay? So then here comes two kickers, you know, side by side. One of them says, well, hey, this guy's this guy's the this guy's better, but he he has trouble, you know, uh, maybe he's left footed and our holder's right handed. All that stuff plays into effect. You gotta get somebody that fits in your system. It ain't always about who that player is. Maybe Maybe the Haskin guy is a little better, but the guy the Giants got is a pocket passer. That's what Eli was, you know, or Eagles, whatever. He's still playing. So you've got to get what fits your system. And I think that all these people, you know, they jumped on that when it when it came out. Is oh they they passed him up and it's another. Well, is it not their right to get the player they want? You know. If, if they're even and and they're uh, everything about them's even, yeah, I'm gonna take the the guy first, you know. But if if he can't do what I like to do the best, then I'm gonna get somebody in there that fits me, and that's a good you know um, a good scenario because I think you know the these kind of um, quarterbacks open up that run game for somebody like that Barkley. And then to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield, you know, a run, a quarterback that's going to run a lot doesn't help a running back much. People don't realize. They, yep, and and, and that and that's exactly. Uh, I feel that a hundred percent. Like you said, a lot of people just take who they can get and not what can fit the team. And the first thing I thought about. When uh, you said that, I know we were thinking about foot, talking about football, but the first thing I'm thinking about is LeBron James. 
how he builds these teams. Like right now, they have Anthony Davis and LeBron, and they're supposed to be getting a, a couple of more people on the team. And I mean, what I feel that happens with them is they build these teams based off individual talent and what they see what these people can bring individually and not what is going to fit the organization as a whole. And they thinking about that's where you have that them short-term successful years versus consistent years and consistency, the people that's winning championships back-to-back and not just one year and then don't see another one for seven or eight Uh I think that's what separates a lot of it. And you, like you say, you hit it right there on the head. It's just getting what fits your, your. I guess you just your uh, the way the machine is running, the way your the way you have already set in place, especially when you bring in new people in, into the uh, and new new people into the picture. You always have to do what's best for the team, and not just oh well, this person is so fast, we gotta have them. I mean, yeah, that person might be fast, but like you said, maybe you don't need speed right now. You need strength. Maybe you have enough speed on the team. You just need strength at this point. And, I mean, I'm going I'm to keep on saying it. That's what separates a good coach, starting from the uh, starting from the beginning, knowing what you're looking for. Well, you know, it goes back when I, when I think about these dynasty teams. They did all this before free agency and stuff. Just think about this. The the Cowboys won those Super Bowls with the players they drafted or traded for. Not not on that. Well, Charles Haley was one of the players that did come over from the 49ers. He's got like five Super Bowls. But for the most part, Emma Smith, they drafted him. They drafted Troy Aikman. They drafted uh, uh, Michael Irvin. They they drafted their their uh, linemen, you know the the same thing with the 49ers back in the day, you know they drafted Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, th- those kind of guys. They they took those players through their process. They made them those great players. You know you look at the Boston Celtics. You know they had Larry Bird. They they didn't go out and get all these players. Michael Jordan. You know the only who's the only player. Who'd they bring in? Dennis Rodman or something. You know, that probably caused them more trouble than he than he did good. You know, the Lakers, they had magic. They had James Worthy at Cream. You know, most people don't even realize they started Kurt Rambis. They called him the trash man. Because, listen, you got to have somebody that's going to get those rebounds. The first green team is the best Olympic team we ever sent over. They killed everybody because those guys realized what planned for a team actually meant. Now, we we send these guys over now, and they're getting in games, man. These, these other countries are giving them games because all they know how to do is play one-on-one. You know, each team, it's, you know, or you go out and get a super team, just what you said, you get Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has always been the guy. So who's going to be the guy now, him or LeBron? You know, so to me, you know, you you got to take these players, get the players you want, make them the players you need, and make them the players you want them to be. That's why, as bad as everybody hates them, I don't mean everybody hates the Patriots, but that's what they do, man. They take other players people don't want, everything else. They 
cut their bat, the cut players that want too much money, get other people in there that fits their system, and they roll right on. That's what good teams do. That's what these dynasties do. When you look back at all the play, all the teams, the, the Lakers, the Bulls, the Celtics, 49ers, Cowboys, the uh, Steelers even. I know Junebug, if she's listening, probably chomping at the bit. I have to mention her Steelers. They did the same thing back in the day, you know, and now the Patriots are, are building that. It's all it's all the same. They took their players that they drafted. They may get one here or there. Maybe somebody gets hurt and they get one here and there. But for the most part, they get the players they want and they make them the players they need. That's what dynasties, in my opinion, do. And I feel that, too, because, like you said, everybody that you bring to the table isn't going to be what you're expecting them to be. I mean, if they are, then you where does the coach is for? I feel like when you bring people to a team, you want to better them, you see more in them, and you see a piece of the puzzle that you can benefit from them. Not that they are the puzzle or they make the whole puzzle, but it's a piece of the puzzle. And like you said about and I don't and I don't care for the Patriots at all. Let you say that first. I'm an Eagles fan. But when you do hear a lot of people talk about the Patriots and not a lot of their players are big, extraordinary players besides Brady. That's all you really hear about. And number eighty seven, I can't pronounce his name, but number eighty seven, I think he just retired this year. Them two are probably like your most consistent people that you hear. They do get people that are on the team where they can build and they build them, and they're not your key players in these, uh, uh, I guess, these 50 and 30-yard catches and passes or run players. They're not like that. They fit their role, and it's been working for them because they've been champions, consistent champions. Yeah, Gronkowski is who you're thinking about, number 87. He's just like the best tied in for the last several years, but be, being able to, um, you know, to realize your your limitations as players, like I said, that's crucial. As coaches, knowing when you bring those players in here, what they can do, what you expect out of them, um, you know, what, everything that, that's uh, at stake, you know, that that to me is, is something that, that's uh, – you know how you how you build things right. So, uh, uh, we're about out of time. Hey, I appreciate you calling in, Henderson, and the hard for sending me the information. Again, congratulations to the June first players of the week, um, Ashley and uh, the girl from the uh, uh, Keystone team. Uh, appreciate everybody for listening. Thanks for calling in, Henderson. And next week we'll. Uh, uh, who knows what we'll topic we'll get up or get into, but we'll get into something. And uh, uh, thank everybody again. Be sure and uh, find us, uh, check us out on the on the uswfl.net. Find out the link for the uh, for the game times of the the championship games and and all that. So uh, thank everybody for listening. Appreciate it. Next next week uh, we'll try to find something else. Uh, Really good to talk about. Until then, I'll see you later.